Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches and a Druid podcast through the Acast supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to show your support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast, a Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society. One day while we were sitting in the field, minding our own business, we look him up and we look him down and we say, hey man, what be this and what be that and why are you going to stare like that? Well, he just looked at us, he kind of stared and he said, hey man, I am the lost suppository of the great and secret knowledge of drowned Atlantis, which only a chosen wow. few are privileged to share. Would you like me to... Initiate you. That's why he tried to score. Talking about wisdom and his ancient glory. Like a husband's Susan from his every four. And he started looking around for the door. He tried to tower over us. He was only five foot four. I said, you must be that high priest chant. We've been told to stay away from your tent. His eyes lit up with enlightenment. He said, I knew that. I'm amnesia. My past power is feared by the ignorant. But the killer is a person in the gathering. It's a gathering. It's a gathering. Yeah, the killer is a person in the gathering. He's a person that you meet each day. So there I was standing in the feast line, listening to the piper tune up, trying not to drool on my shoes, because I got this condition, see, I'm like Pavlov's dog now. Every time I hear bagpipes, I salivate. Haven't gone to the tattoo in years, but I digress. Anyway, just then, I felt a hand on my shoulder. It's the guy behind me in line. He said, do you know who I am? I said, no. He said, I'm the king. I said, but Charles, what about your mother? He said, no, no, not that king. I'm the king return. Well, my eyes went wide and my hair stood up in the back of my neck And I felt filled with a sense of wonder and awe And I dropped to my knees and I said Mr. Presley, welcome 
to our festival. But he said, no, 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 not that king. Don't you recognize me? I'm King Arthur from a past life. That's when he started in, swearing up and down, nobody knows where Lynn couldn't even tell me where the hell they've been, but they got the plan to see the world from sin. First they take Manhattan, then they take Berlin. He said he would have liked me to meet a few of his folks, but Gawain works weekends trucking for coke. Percy couldn't come because he was flat broken. Gwen had her driver's license for a book. Lance is in the bushes trying to find where he dropped and smoked. Would he walk him up on a come along? Come on! And you got the rest of person that you're gathering And you're gathering And you're gathering And you got the rest of person that you're gathering He's a person that you meet each day She's just an ordinary girl Within whom it's said the forbidding mysterious powers of the dark unfurled At last one day I asked her why She replied The streetlights go out when she walks by myself that's terrible what would it be like channeling a public works nuisance walking down spring garden road on a tuesday night like a tiny rolling blackout people bumping into each other falling through store windows squad cars jumping the curb knocking over fire hydrants and the switchboard would light up at the local detachment and the dispatcher would pick up the line and say come in number 10 come in what's the problem and they'd say All hex breaking loose All hex breaking loose All hex breaking loose Baby, 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 baby All hex breaking loose Hey, hey, have you had the news? All hex breaking loose She overloads and blows off you All hex breaking loose And welcome back to Three Witches and a Druid, where we sit around, still the Zoom meetings, hopefully this will end soon, and talk about our experiences with modern paganism. This week, we are going to talk about pagan festivals and our experiences with that. 
My name is Margo. And I'm Maeve. I'm Gwen. And I'm Brian. So yeah, hopefully this, like this episode and probably the next episode, fingers crossed here, will be the last two on Zoom. Kind of hoping to get back face to face. Yeah, that would be so nice. It's only the next episode because we try to record at least two episodes when we do. Right. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I think we're all a little zoomed out. (laughs) (laughs) So it is better than nothing still. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. And And on top of being zoomed out, I've also come to realize why a lot of podcasts take the summer off. And not only for Pegas, but we go camping a lot. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of hard to uh, make our schedules work. Yes, I've been camping a lot this summer. Yeah, I've been on the go. Been on the go a lot. Yesterday from camping, and it was a blast from our own little festival. Well, well, there's pretty much none to be had this year. I must say, it's uh, last year either. But because I've been to many, many festivals and over the years, and I miss it really bad. I miss the free range weirdos, honestly. <laughs> I miss the good times. So while there not, may not be a lot of festivals happening in a physical sense this year, we still wanted to talk about it for next year and to give people an idea of fest, uh, things we've experienced and what new people may uh, come to expect. Uh, as well as a lot of festivals may not be in a physical sense. A lot of moved online. Uh, I've attended three festivals now online and have another one coming up in two weeks. They're obviously not the same, but they're, they're still something. Um, what, how about we, we first talk about what is the first festival each of us have ever attended? The very first AEPG. Yeah, mine too. 1995. Yeah was the very first and I actually went as a vendor not necessarily as a participant to that one um I went when I had my vintage clothing store so I took racks of things that I thought would make fun festival garb and pagan garb and was the first my first experience at a pagan festival did you make did you make bank Pardon me? Did you make money or? I don't think I did, but it was a really fun experience, obviously, because I went to each and every subsequent festival after that. Me too. (laughs) Yeah. So for those who don't know, uh, AEPG or APEG uh, was a festival that took place on, you'd say, the south shore of the valley. It was past the valley. Yeah, yeah. Down towards Nova Scotia, down by Annapolis Royal. Exactly. It's not uh, the so shorts. On uh, some private land. Uh, and I believe it started off with, if someone correct me, like four people camping and deciding to turn it into a festival. Uh, well, how it happened was, if I may butt in, because I was on the very first organizing committee, it was uh, the Avalon East Pagan Gathering, and it went on for 15 oh 15 20 years went on for a long time um there was a fellow who had moved down from ontario and he was with a group who was here and he said so when do you guys have your festival and we said when people said when do you have your who we didn't have one here 
and he was mortified and he says well my parents have some land and so we went up there and we cleared up this land and it was rough it was like just a big bramble field in the beginning and we cleared this land a couple of weekends and we sent out you know back in the old day the through magazines and posters <laughs> and there was no internet and we were expecting 20 25 people and over 100 showed up it was i still remember it was the one was the most magical thing that had happened to me to that point in my life meeting all those people it was it well you remember you remember margo it was just everything yeah. was wonderful and people coming from all over is very shocked at how far and wide people came from but people heard through her you know through the grapevine and um it was a funny story the fun one of the funniest things that came out of that was nine different people from Moncton, New Brunswick showed up and everyone said, I'm the only pagan any, near where I live. Turned out there was nine all from the same town. <laughs> <laughs> so that was very nice. No, it was a lovely, fantastic thing. And it went on for many, many years. It is something that is a very, very dear memory in my heart. And I miss. I, I think at its peak and once again, feel free to correct me. I think at one point we had up to 250 people there. Honestly. There was 250. Over. It was over 250 registered, but that was Mudfest. And, oh, and a lot yeah. of people and, didn't show up. We, no, we had, we had over 250 on the field at one time, and the family had asked for 250 to be the limit on the yes. field. Yes. And we had more people registered and more people on the field. Like people, sh people showed up. We'd start stopped registering but people had showed up because you used to be able to come and register on on the Friday night and um there was a bit of attrition because uh not everybody liked the weather but it was warm rain and it was warm it was, and it was yeah it was incredible really I remember the main ritual at Mudfest had the sun in the sky the moon in the sky and a rainbow all yeah. at the same time because of that twilight sort of timing and the and the you know moments between the rain and we yeah the rain would uh, stop at all the important times it was so, it was it, but it was just mud everywhere by the end it was yeah. a scene but it was fun it's a great memory that's, that's where we got the that's uh that's where we coined the phrase uh Somebody, somebody on the festival committee coined the phrase "the pagans from the posers." So we, the pagans were the ones that stuck it out to the end, and knew, you knew who was there for the aesthetic or whatever because they they bailed, they bailed. Yeah. But the, the pagans stuck it out. Um, yeah, that that event, the APEG event, was our first, and we arrived in Nova Scotia. Um, in the fall and had missed it in in 99 but we were there the next year and it was really funny I guess like many organizations um, it's a it was a not-for-profit everybody volunteered their time and everything and and always there's never enough volunteers um, and and when you signed on you as you assumed some volunteer duty there was a volunteer coordinator as part of the executive and so um at the end of that 
festival, which was like you say, that that's the most magical. And you can always tell the people that are there for the very first time at their very first pagan festival, because it doesn't matter if you're in a, a small, you know, a, if you have your own circle of 10 people or whatever, when you're in a field of 200 of like-minded people, when you think you're basically all alone it, and, and everybody with the common intent, it's magical. But so we were there um, and uh, my husband never does anything by half and he only feels right about stuff if he's helping out. Well, at the end of it, the festival organizers who we had met a couple times um, around sort of thing in the time leading up to the festival. Um, so we, we knew them a bit, but they, you know, they asked us over to their place for, for dinner and the wife was the president that year and the husband was the festival coordinator of the organization. And when we left, I was signed I was signed up for the executive next year and Dave was festival coordinator. Like he went from <laughs> zero to festival coordinator and he kept that role for years. And, and I said to him, we're going to be talking about festivals and he has a good festival story, but, but he said, you know, sometimes you people think I just want to pay a little more money and just go and enjoy myself but you really get to meet people when you volunteer. You yes. really get to meet people when you're working side by side, whether it is cooking a shared meal or sitting out front and, and you know, welcoming people in and directing campers or cleaning outhouses, whatever, whatever, you know, draw it is. That's where you make those close connections is, is when you're yes. working together. That's why I volunteered as, fest as a volunteer coordinator the first time was because I was so shy and so quiet and didn't know very many people. I thought this is going to force me to talk to everybody because it was up to me to assign everyone to their volunteer duties because everybody who registered, one of the understandings was that you were going to give up two hours of volunteer time. So I, uh, yeah. That's one of the reasons I did it was to force me out of my shell and get me talking to, to people and, and trying to meet new people that I never would have done on my own. Yeah. So if it's your first festival, anyone out there going to their first festival, be, pre be prepare yourself. It's going to be wonderful. Right. Prepare so, yourself. So APEG over time had evolved into uh, Aegeus. Similar, a similar festival, Aegeus, mm -hmm. uh, and that was fine. I'm not sure what they're doing now. Uh, obviously, with COVID, they haven't been able to hold the festival in two years. So I guess we'll see next year what what manifestation it comes up with. Well, we're hoping that the uh, Sacred Flame group at, uh, I think that's what we're called, Sacred Flame at the Unitarian Church is going to be, if I can... If I have anything to say about it, there's going to be one. We're going to be putting on one. Right. We should <laughs> talk because the, the Druids, uh, like, if, when COVID things get lifted, we want we want to do one as well. If we could combine and make something good. Yeah, yeah. Or another even festival that around, around <laughs> here that developed was, um, what's it called? I think it's called Avalon. Up in it, Cape Breton. Yeah, it's a Cape Breton, uh, the Avalon Gathering. Uh, I haven't been there yet, but that's real nice. 
we went, I want to say in 2019, just before COVID, it was a lot of fun. It started off as more of a Ren Fair. I was going to say, it's kind of pagan adjacent. A lot of pagans yeah. there, but it, it doesn't identify as a pagan fest. Well, it does so, now. Uh, it, <laughs> it, it, <started laughs> it took in over. 2019, they said. Uh, they didn't have one in 2020 and 20, but they are apparently, according to their website, they're having one this year, August 18th to the 22nd. Get out. That's, that's what it says. Now, it says updated January 13th, so of this year, and there's nothing else posted. So right. take that as a grain of salt. We'll see. It's <laughs> once again held on private land up in Cape Breton. It's all, it's kind of funny. It's almost like dead center right in the middle of the island. It's a beautiful, beautiful location. Um, it's very landlocked, but there's a beautiful stream. And the prop, the, the home that the, sits on the property is completely off grid. It's run fully by solar power and um, a water turbine from the stream up the mountain. Nice. Yeah. It'd be nice once COVID's over. Maybe yeah. PEI get one going again. New Brunswick get one going. And there was the family pagan weekend. Yes. So the other lie up by Tatamagush. The third festival here in the Maritimes was the family pagan gathering. It was hosted or, or created by the New Brunswick Pagans, the United Pagan Collective. Um, now, to whom I understanding, they they have had issues with their location once again due to COVID. Uh, so there, there's talk of them moving that festival to New Brunswick. Uh, I think they're looking into actually purchasing land or something along those lines. So that could be cool. It'll be an evolution of their festival and we'll see what happens. That's very good. So anybody going to a festival, what should we tell them to expect? Uh, expect adverse weather conditions. Be ready uh, for yes. your adverse weather conditions. <laughs> and as you said That's earlier... That's why those... Those pop-up canopies are so amazing. With the yeah, um, very good. Those ten by ten pop-up canopies have saved us both from rain and from mosquitoes. Yes, you. I never remember the one time. <laughs> yeah, I remember the one time when we had the pagan gathering in Tatamagush. I think it was. Oh, the mosquitoes were thick. There. The mosquitoes were bad, so we had three of those pop-up things that we, we were able to set them up in sort of an L shape and had enough screens to zip them all in. And that's kind of where everybody lived the whole weekend. <laughs> yeah. When, when, it, when it, what the sun wasn't out, the mosquitoes were thick. Yeah. It was a scene. It was so, um, definitely a scene. What was it just about to say? Yeah. So as you had said earlier, the weather will decide who the true pagans are versus. Yes, that's it. That's yeah. Uh, and the mosquitoes, it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Take your bug spray. And I went to a festival in 2019 uh, called Three Rivers Festival. It's an, uh, uh, an ADF ritual that's held in outside of Ottawa. And I have never seen so many mosquitoes in my entire life. I. Oh I, I easily came back 20 pounds lighter just from the blood. <laughs> there was the where the PEI one was taking place on Brackley, not Brackley when it was up on Robinson's Island, but back in this group area. It was apocalyptic swarms of mosquitoes. It was horrendous. But the other thing I will say out loud, 
And this is going to, I don't want to sound negative, but as with all things, remember to take certain things with a grain of salt. Don't go off with strangers into the woods or, you know, because there's good and bad everywhere. You know, certainly use your common sense, you know, for, you know, things like that. I don't want to sound negative, but we. No, we, no, it's, it's a good point. Like you. Uh, we had someone we had to leave, asked to leave one year because he was very creepy to the women. Yeah. And he was asked to leave. This was way, way back. And he was asked to get out, to get, to, to leave. So. Yeah. You know, just, you know, always be careful with everything. Most people are pretty nice. Well, uh, a festival, uh, like pagans are pretty open to a lot of things. A lot of people feel that if they go to a festival, they're, they're going to, people are going to be more open. But there's always limits, of course. Like, yes. you still have to be, there has to be consent and respect. Mm -hmm. That's what that At the same group. time, uh, expect stuff that you wouldn't maybe not, ex you wouldn't expect as a, a regular family gathering. The thing I find <laughs> with the pagan festival, and I was just away on a pagan ladies weekend in PEI, which was just absolutely delightful in every single way. And I took a friend with me and she's, you know, kind of pagan friendly and a little curious, but not a pagan by any means. But um, I, I was trying to explain to her on the way that, so many of us you know we're pagans and we're pretty free and all that but we still have to live with the muggles mm -hmm. and the normals and when you're at this when you go to a pagan festival the feel feeling of freedom you can be your full self and not have to watch what you say about you know in your workplace and you're you're free and I missed that last summer. There was no, you know, no pagan festivals. There was no rainbow gatherings. There's none again this year. And that, that really breakout freedom to be completely yourself and, you know, talk to other people about all the things you believe and learn new things and all of that. It is, it is a truly marvelous thing. And I have missed it. And, uh, you know, and I mean, I, we, we've had some nutty, fun, fun times and you learn so much and, and make so many connections, but it is a marvelous thing to be that free. If you know what I mean. Right. And it's also wonderful at the uh, uh, AEPG, how we would have one group doing the opening ritual another group doing the men and women's rituals, another group doing the main ritual, and then someone else doing the closing ritual, seeing how other people do what they do yes. and what's important to them to incorporate into the ritual and how they bring community together. I always really enjoyed that as well. Yes, different, yeah, different angles and different experiences. Yes. It's yes. wonderful. And, you know, different reasons to play dress up. <laughs> That's a biggie, isn't it? Different reasons to play dress up. I do love that because we go early. Remember, Margo, we would go early and we'd stay overnight at my parents, but we'd go to Frenchies and see what wild outfits we could find. Yes. <laughs> I remember that one pair of fabulous pants you found that time. <laughs> this this oh they were just fantastic 70s looking pants they were awesome i remember those 
<laughs> yeah, well, that was something you were saying. What do what should we uh, tell people to expect or to be prepared for? You need to have. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You, you may have your kicking around clothes, but you, if you go there with normal camping gear and normal camping wear, you're going to feel out of uh, place, out of place. You need, you need a little ritual wear. you need a little sparkle or a little uh, flare or just, this is the place where if you always wanted to wear a leather vest, you wear a leather vest, or if you yes. always wanted to yes. wear, uh, you know, drapey sleeves, then you've never done that. As long as you're not in ritual and lighting candles, you wear those drapey sleeves. <laughs> but, <laughs> any ritual where no fires. one... Can... We've had those fires and people on fire and stuff. That's right. Any ritual where no one catches on fire is a successful ritual. it is good anything even you know you think i would never wear that you know to the grocery store you can wear it to the pagan festival but this also this also not only applies to your own clothing but also to your campsite we've always dressed yeah Yeah, with your antlers and your lights and your banners and all the fun stuff yeah, we have a little family flag we hang on our tent, and then we've always had sort of lights. And so, it, like, it, with APEG, if I remember, it was always like a, a camp decorating contest. Yes, yes. most elaborate yeah. campsite and sparsest campsite. One year, wasn't and it? We Ed? have had a few of those. <laughs> yeah, what well, there was this one guy, Ed, and he just had a tarp in, on the tree and he's sleeping on the ground. And the time the year Aaron slept in his car. <laughs> I remember, and I say I've only heard the story, and I may be wrong about this, but I'm under the impression it was an individual named Luigi who showed up with a jar of peanut butter, and he traded <laughs> peanut butter for variety of services and housing. 
Yeah. <laughs> that that's the sort of thing that could happen. Look, I didn't have a tent. Can someone let me in? That you know, you know, and you chances are you know someone and they'll share their tent with you. Yeah, that can happen. Yeah. Yeah, that can happen. So it's it's really it's just and there's no such thing as too much dry footwear. And for the love of God, bring a raincoat. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you don't want to miss anything and get too cold and and all of that and uh that, that's so my suggestions you had mentioned earlier uh the creepy individual which of course is a problem but a lot of people have to understand that if you have certain talents and skills the the uno reverse card can be played upon you I, I've heard the story of the young gentleman who could sing Gaelic and play guitar. Uh, <laughs> every I mean, woman at that festival was like, well, hello. He was so oblivious. <laughs> he sang in Gaelic like he should have been on TV. And the girls would have lined up outside of his tent all night if he could have taken it. He was just, da da da. You got to be careful. <laughs> because it is because you know with pagans you know so long as things are consenting and and all of that you know we we are very free about sexuality and things like that provided everything's with consent you know safely and safely and that can be a lot of that can go along you know there can be tent hopping yeah and you know provided everyone's consenting and that's a, that's fine it's a little you know a little more liberal but yeah oh him with he could sing like an angel i just finished uh, the book idiot's guide to paganism and there's a chapter on sexuality and the vast majority of, of the chapter focuses on what is acceptable in christianity what is accepted in muslim cultures what's accepted in various other religions and at the very end there's a very short paragraph that describes pagan sexuality and it says is it consensual then have fun <laughs> now we had a gentleman um and i'm sure he's not the only one but i can think of one that came out he was very solitary uh heathen and he came out to public events originally although we made close friendships and and you know evolved because he heard pagan girls were easy <laughs> so you, you know you get that sort of a oh yes yes and he, you know, you have suspicions about people, but a few years down the road, he kind of admitted it as he was part of the community and volunteered and helped out and everything else. And he said, you know what? He didn't get as lucky as he thought he would. So yes, things are free, but when everything is consensual and everything else, it isn't, it isn't maybe what people are expecting either right, right. Yeah, it's, it's not an orgy it's <laughs> not an orgy and maybe he'd have better luck going downtown right if you're just looking we have a variety a of songs about thing. orgies but it doesn't mean it's an orgy <laughs> or it's let's all get drunk awesome. and go naked and lie in a great big pile but you know <laughs> <laughs> so the other nice thing about uh pagan festivals is the wide variety of age and demographics of people you see. Yes. You see everything from babies to kids to senior citizens to every walk of life. You'll see and multi-generations across the tree. Yeah, multi-generations. You're right, Margot. Like you can really you can get a lot of people going together. It's it is lovely. It's yeah. 
APEG was really good for having a children's program because yeah, yes. that was really important to people that that we maintained that children's program and also enough of a program that the adults could do their own thing. Yeah, at, you know they could they could do their own thing without worrying if they got their kids off at the children's program and we had great volunteers for that. I also remember very fondly there were people in their 70s weren't there that would come yeah. we would yeah. go to them every year because they weren't local to here and they were you know inspirational and kind and man I want their camping now that I'm older and not so sure I want to be sleeping on the ground anymore man that van that tricked out van looks pretty good to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember the trick date van they had. Yeah, it was a pretty good van. Yeah, they took that I van remember, a lot of places. Yeah, a story about the children's coordinator, not related to children at all. I just remember chatting with her one year saying how I was sort of, oh, that's what it was. It was when people were just wandering around with those little two-way walkie-talkies. And I was like, right. I want a boyfriend so I can talk to somebody with these little walkie-talkies. And she turned around and she said, well, you know, I'm the unofficial matchmaker. I could find you someone. What are you looking for? And I said, well, you know, somebody who is financially stable, who's funny, who's intelligent. Who... And I listed off a few things and she just kind of went, oh, you want a man? I'm sorry, I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> do you there was one year it was the festival of love do you remember the festival of love two couples got engaged and two or three more people became two or three more uh, couples became couples do you remember that this the, the festival of love that one year i guess <laughs> the moon must have been somewhere fantastic because all people got engaged and became couples and it was a beautiful that was a real nice weekend sometimes without it even meaning to i think it's all you know depending where the moon is you know or the planets a theme will come up for the weekend and it, yeah. it, it spontaneously happens it's it just makes its own thing it's it's beautiful and you know brian now that we're talking about it Every all I can hear is you saying, "Take your garbage home." <laughs> Every time you were talking to people that time, "Take your garbage home." By the end, it we is, were all chanting know. it. <laughs> I think that's that's pretty much the most universal rule. If you take garbage into a place, don't make more work for people at the end. Yes, that is a biggie. So um, one one of my fun it it's a silly memory, but does everybody everybody here remembers Robert Millet? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I have a story about that. So you go. Okay. Yeah. So the the I think it was my actually one of my first years. It was either 2003 or 2004, and I remember uh, Robert Millet. He lived in New Brunswick at the time. I think he still does. Yeah. Yeah. And his wife was pagan, so they came to the festival, and he came. Uh, who people may not know who Robert Millet is. He, if you look him up, you'll you'll realize. Oh wait, he's in a bunch of movies. He's also a wrestler at one point. He's seven he foot up. two. He's seven foot two. He's enormous. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a giant, and that, he's that's a giant. part of this story. He yeah. showed up in this rinky dinky little like European car that looked like it was being held together, and he was sitting in the back seat 
driving because he had to have the front seat removed. That's how small the car was with his wife and uh, two greyhounds in the back seat and his wife was in the front seat. And they pull up and his wife is, she was a, a petite little pixie of a thing. And she, she was having a blast. And Robert Millet had this big um, custom made like folding camp chair. And the whole, the whole festival, he would sit there and just pet his greyhounds. <laughs> and it was just like, this is the most Conan Barbarian look. <laughs> He had a black. He, he loved it. I just thought it was really funny. Yeah, and they came for a lot of years. Yeah, they came quite a few yeah, years. Yeah. My, my story, actually, that Dave mentioned was a Rob story. And that came, you know, we often don't share them uh, on Friday nights. We have an opening ritual. People set up their tents and, and, and kind of get ready. And then later in the evening, it's dark out, there'd be a men's and women's ritual. And often very different focuses in the men's ritual. They'd be running through the woods in the dark with spears and lances and all sorts of things. At one point, but you know, as women, we never really knew what was going on, but there was one of these men's rituals. My sons actually were telling me just a little bit. At one point, there was sort of this body surfing thing where they all went through they were kind of in a line and they held each other up. It was all about supporting each other and holding each other up. And they literally held each other up and they moved you from the top overhead, from the top, from one end of the line to the other. And, and you transfer, you went the whole length of the men there. And that could be 75 people. And, and it came to Rob's turn and he, he's like, oh, no, no, no. And they're like, no, man, you have to do this. And he didn't think it could be done. And because of his size and he did the, and, and it, it just, I guess, struck a real chord with everybody because it was, it was a true struggle for the people to do it, but it was also something that he never thought he would experience. Right. And it was very transformative, very touching, I should say, very touching for him as well. And uh, and it's funny what you can do in community that can stick with you. Um, I remember Dave just said to me on the way, I'm like, what are we going to talk about for festivals? And he said, oh, like that hit him to be part of that experience for Rob. And like when you go there to be in that large community and to experience things with other people, that that sort of thing is is wonderful it it makes that festival experience it does and, and it's it, it's very nice when you're with the like-minded a lot of people especially yeah. when you get the people who have been very solitary or haven't been able to meet other people and then they finally get to talk to others and they don't feel so alone and yeah. they you know they feel accepted and they they realize oh and oftentimes what happens is people meet other people who are from the same place like the nine people from Moncton and then they can go on from there it's a lot of networking too you know and and it really is I've seen people just so overwhelmed because they weren't alone anymore and they yeah. realized there were people near them and the fact that some of them came completely on their own not having a clue what was going on was very brave brave yeah very yeah. Brave. incredibly brave yeah and it's 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 a really wonderful thing. I, I miss them, and I can't wait for them to be coming back. 
by next year. I hope we have at least three. You can have a Druid one, a GS. We're going to get that UU one going. I want to have at least three or four festivals next summer. So one point that uh, Karen mentioned when I, I said we were going to, we were talking about festivals is uh, there's a good, there, there is a slim chance, but a lot of people after COVID may not feel comfortable being in such large groups again. Yeah. It may so take years. Yeah. It could take a while for that to sort of build back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it may never be quite the same anymore. We, we don't know. We'll, we'll see as time goes on, but I think, I think people will persevere and you'll, you'll see people back out and back enjoying what they loved. The nice thing about a PEGA festival, of course, it's all outdoors. So your risk is very minimal. Uh, you just got to deal with the, the regular problems like rain and cold and wind and all that fun stuff. <laughs> Never have one in June, not in Nova Scotia. No, it's just going to rain. The second half of July or August is when you're safe. Yeah. And even August, by the third week of August, it's colder at night. Yeah. So yeah. make sure yeah. you have plenty of warm clothes. Make sure you have plenty of dry footwear. You got rubber boots and a raincoat for sure. And you, you know, bug spray of some sort. So one thing we haven't mentioned just yet is a big thing that was with APEG is we used to have workshops. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's always a bit of a schedule on uh, the Saturday, most of Saturday day, a little bit of Sunday morning. A variety of people stepping up and offering to teach workshops on a variety of subjects all over the place. Some of it not even anything to do with paganism. Lots of crafting, lots of cult talk, lots of esoteric talk. It was great. That that's something I definitely miss. Yes, it, it's it's really nice to learn something new or. Oh, I was thinking about that. You go to the workshop and then you get to talk to someone more experienced than you are to get some ideas, you know, even just what books to read or what, you know, which ones are good, which ones are bad, different groups to join. Workshops are wonderful. And it was very, and I, I like the way it was. It was very egalitarian because um, nothing, everything was out there. Now. So we would have some, uh, you know, big nose pagans attending and maybe doing a workshop, but it was just a workshop, just like the lady down the street that's going to going to show you how to um, do not magic or something like that, in in a Nova Scotian traditional way of some sort. So I I really love that sort of everybody pitching in again that that uh, sharing of knowledge and valuing everybody's personal experience and knowledge and opening up those workshops that to anybody who had something that they wanted to share it was it was really well done I appreciated that it was it was also I did two maybe two or even three over the 20 years there where I I started a converse I had a the workshop was a conversation yeah you know a, a discussion because there was I each time there was a topic I wasn't super knowledgeable about but I said okay let's just get a workshop you know discussion going on for the workshop so then I could learn so that's a possibility too say you don't uh, necessarily know a lot about a subject but there's probably plenty of people there who do and you can all just get talking and learn from one another that's a really really um uh, a great thing to do nice workshop yeah it, it values a lot when you have such a um, 
people are autonomous within their religious practice and spiritual practice. And so their, their um, path takes them all different places. And, and you can learn a lot from being in a group of, you know, normally like-minded people, but you've all gone di down different, down different paths and you, you have a lot of knowledge to share and a lot to learn from other people. It's, it's actually kind of wonderful. It is great. It is. I can't wait till COVID's done. <laughs> one, thing yeah. we, one thing we touched on is so back to APEG a little bit. Um, and every festival, of course, is different. But one thing that was nice about APEG is that it often took place. I think this was in its later years. It took place over the long weekend in, in yeah. August, which for us, of course, is Lunasa. Um, so there was always the opening ritual. There often was a men and women's ritual. Then there was the main ritual, which often was a Lunasa ritual. And then there was a closing ritual. So that's another thing that you, that's quite unique about festivals. You're going to experience a lot of rituals. Yeah. Yes. And in, our, in, in Apex's case, and what I'm sure applies to a lot of festivals, they're all different. They're all unique, often held by different people. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, different traditions. It, it's... It's so wonderful to see. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever went to APEG and experienced the same ritual. It was always. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's always some. And people, because it is a big, you know, big group, people put, and I was, was always so appreciative, people put a lot of effort and work into making the ritual meaningful for people. They did yes. a lot of work. It was lovely. It was really great. I yes, you'd get so to great. take home a little painted stone that you had chosen out of a basket during the ritual. Or I think I still have a popsicle stick with a positive message written on it and painted red from another one. Like all kinds of ribbons and stones. All these mementos. Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. It's always good to have, especially for, um, you know, uh, just to remember during the year when you're just tired or it's winter or things like that. And uh, with, with the, with the APEG and Aegeus site, it's private property. It was on private property. There was more than once where I know one closing ritual I did, we had a bunch of big stones and we had everyone put a good memory in it. And then we took it to the four corners of the land and it was the, the memories were put from people into it. So it, you know, we did that, maybe twice actually over the years. Yeah. And so more and more good energy. That's a lovely thing to do. And that's another important thing. Make sure you do gratitude to the land on, at the festival. If you know, you're there and all of that, make sure you have some sort of ritual or acknowledgement to the land and the spirits of the place. That's a biggie. Yeah. make sure you do do that and even even if someone's not doing a big formal thing you personally should give a thank you to the land for you know hosting you and so, you know so that when you come back next time the land will be happy to see you well i remember i'm not sure what year this same luigi was at the creek washing his face and his glasses fell off and he never found them 
The very last year we were there, I was washing my hands in the creek and did I not find his glasses? This was like 10 years later, 12 years later. Wow. Isn't that and something? I found his glasses. So the land gate, the land took his glasses. But when the land was done and grateful to have them, he gave them back. <laughs> well, there at APEG, it was at the base of a mountain. And every year somebody lost something the mountain yeah. would take it. And I didn't know you found Luigi's glasses. That's a, how yeah. did they not get washed away? Completely I have no into the ocean? right into yeah. the ocean. Yeah. 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 With, you know, spring runoffs every year. That's shocking. Wow. wow. So one thing with, uh, with COVID is some uh, festivals have moved online. Uh, so I, I personally just attended Wellspring which is an ADF Druid ritual. I think it takes place in July. Uh, and there's another one coming up. I feel terrible because I can't remember what it's called, but I'm registered for it. Uh, and I'll get the email at some point with my info. <laughs> so you will have to pardon me because I've never done a festival online. No, I'm, I suspect- How do you do it? Or just the workshops are online, the talks yeah. are online, the ritual, ha what happens? I'm not familiar with that. So the, the four online uh, festivals I've participated in, it's it's very workshop focused. Um, they, they're able, the one thing with a, an online ritual is they're able to bring in say authors or academics that you know, they normally couldn't, yeah. which is kind of, which is a little fun. It's a little bit interesting. Um, but as well, like they'll do the workshops throughout the day. And then in the evening, they might have like a Bardic or in, in Wellspring's case, it was an, uh, there was the ADF AGM took place. Uh, but also in, a lot of it's run over Zoom. So there might be just a Zoom channel for just casual conversations, casual chat. And so those are kind of fun. They're, they're relatively low cost. I think I paid $20 to go to Wellspring. Um, That's it, pretty yeah, good. it's usually a three or four day event with various workshops. If you're not interested, you don't log in. It doesn't matter. No, no one's really keeping count. Uh, yeah, they, they've, been, they've been interesting. I don't know if they'll stick around like when people are able to get back face to face, but they've made they made festivals incredibly accessible. Mm. Yeah, I, I was thinking it makes it accessible. And like you say, access, people are, have access to um, maybe favorite authors and that sort of thing, which would be really cost prohibitive to get people from away to an actual event. And I, but it almost seems more it would be hard, and I, I hear you saying that they had the, you know, the Zoom chat rooms and everything. I still think, especially for maybe more introverted people, that immediacy of having people in the in real, it, it's pretty hard to um, make that that sort of the, the biggest sort of the biggest plus for a festival for me is that connection with other people, and while you can, I, I can see them making strides to create a bit of um, make, allowing people to make those connections. It just isn't the same as in real life. It almost seems more like uh, going to an academic presentation or something, you know, like go, attending a conference type thing. 
where where you've got information you log in and get your information downloaded sort of thing right. um, what else are you going to do i don't know i don't know how else you could do it and having those chat rooms and stuff but i could like where i would be on the field having to do my volunteer duty or running into people with with whatever my duties were on the executive and something or something made me interact with people in ritual you're right beside somebody and usually at some point touching somebody um i would not log into those chat rooms i would not be comfortable i would be uncomfortable to log into a a zoom chat room i probably i would attend all the workshops and everything but i would it would be hard for me to get that that festival feeling well, yeah it de they definitely do not feel the same they're not they're not even comparable but in due to the circumstances they were an okay alternative yeah better than yeah. nothing better yeah, than exactly. nothing uh like i said i don't know if they'll necessarily survive but the fact that uh they were able to take these these um festivals uh, I think one is in Ohio, another was in Pennsylvania. Uh, the, the the one coming up is August 15th, and, 14th to 15th. It's called Summerland. Um, uh, they, it made, just made it more accessible for, for pagans, like people in California or Vegas or Florida who wouldn't necessarily be flying or going to those yeah, exactly. festival. You could access it in a way. Yeah. It was kind of nice in that sense. Um, I think it was just the accessibility for like a lot of festivals take place in like in the woods or a field and it's not necessarily accessible for everybody, but the yeah. online version of course would be. It, it would be nifty in the future if, you know, people go back to festivals, but even if, you know, there could be a bit of a zoom so that people could hear the workshops, you yeah. know, pay a fee and, listen to you know they could see what the itinerary is do i want to tune in on the saturday too because you still have your regular populace and maybe some other people would like like to hear what's going on especially if there's a favorite author or something like that because i know temple fest has gone online for the second year yeah. in a row this year so like if, that's if, a big one if you had the connection and the volunteers willing to sort of run that i, I think that would be excellent to have a physical face-to-face -face festival but have an online component Unfortunately, like the connection between the online individuals and the the physical participants would be very minimal. Like yeah. you're yeah. looking for headaches. But yeah, if you could record workshops or record like put a live cam on for a for a ritual, that'd be kind of cool. Mm -hmm. yes. It'd be a lot of work, but you'd, you'd, I'm sure in in our community there'd be somebody to be willing to step up and figure that out. I'm yeah. looking at you, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you. Sounds like Brian just volunteered. Well, no, I, I find a volunteer for it. Okay. But yeah, so like I don't think online ritual, I don't think online uh festivals are necessarily the be and end all, but and I they may die out over the next little bit, but it it's been an interesting evolution over Yeah, uh, interesting. I was thinking if I was a publisher or something like that, I might take that idea and run with it. Like what if Yearly Llewellyn did an online festival type thing and made all of their authors with new books of, uh, you know, they had workshops and they had 
chat rooms where you could meet with somebody or something like take that model that people have honed over over covid and use that whether it's like i say wiser or red moon or, or or you know whatever whatever group and um and pathos something like that it, that would be a a really good tool for them and it'd be really great for people to to access those people that would be a really neat one if Llewellyn had some of their authors and things like yeah. that, like a little, you know, weekend workshop with authors. That would be really people pay nifty. twenty-five bucks. I think you'd crash the system with people signing up for yes. that. Yeah, like that. Excellent. Yeah. And because I mean, even, and the authors wouldn't even need to leave their homes. No, so nobody exactly. needs to travel. Yeah. yeah. And for an hour's worth of talking they'd have to do, you mean you can't? Like, that's great publicity. That's a really yeah, good... Yeah. You, someone should write Llewellyn. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they need to listen to this. Yes, that's right. We'll just send this little clip to them. But, uh, yeah, and I think they'd sell a lot of books. It would be wonderful for readers, and it would be wonderful for the publishers. And, yeah, it's an idea, and it's... You know, maybe maybe these online festivals don't don't survive in the form they are, but I'm sure that there's a way to use the learning from this last couple of year, you know, year and a half or whatever, and and make use of that. Very cool. So you hear heard it here first. We invented online festivals with authors. Anyone <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we went all the credit. Five bucks. Gwen is full of good ideas for other people. Just come and I will delegate the heck out of it. Yeah. Next festival, we should set up like one of those little booths, kind of like the Char Charlie Brown psychiatry booth, where Gwen just sits behind it and gives out good ideas. Charge yeah, a nickel. Right. For, yeah, for a nickel, I'll raise money for the homeless. For, a, for next, a next festival we do, I want to sit around and uh, have a tip jar out and says bad ideas for a tip. <laughs> there you go yeah <laughs> you tip us and we'll give you bad life advice bet, bet. We'll, we'll help you to make bad choices yeah <laughs> I, oh, I, think we're Lord. I think you we're should definitely up. drink that sick i do i think, I think you're you're kind of getting there right have we just devolved right to the point where Maeve is like cut this off i'm ending <laughs> <laughs> well i think we are getting towards the end of everything so I uh, thank you everyone for tuning in and all uh, give us a thumbs up, give us a like, give us what's that thing we're supposed to be Patreon. What's that, Brian, you know about uh, that? It'll be linked in the show notes, but if you can support us on Patreon, we greatly appreciate it. That's the money it, yes. does not go towards us. It goes towards our poor starving editor who cannot afford coffee this week, but we do have three we had three. We still have three Patreons. We really appreciate them. Um, but yeah, we we'd like to feed our editor someday. That's lovely. And uh, if if you need to contact us, you can get a hold of us at the Three Witches and a Druid website. We're always happy to take suggestions or answer questions. And uh, until next time, everyone, merry meet, merry, merry heart. heart, and merry meet again. Bless it be. This has been Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Thanks for listening.
we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.